Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are going to continue our discussion on If You Want to Make God Laugh by Bianca Murray. So if you haven't read If You Want to Make God Laugh yet, but you're planning to, we're going to warn you now, there will be spoilers. So please, go ahead and pause us for now and come back when you're done. All right. Is everyone here that's supposed to be here? Okay. Final warning. Spoilers begin now. <gasps> I th- can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> like, dim the lights. Okay. <laughs> I think this is like a hard one to organize a discussion about because we've got three different characters who really have three very intense stories to unpack. And we obviously, we're not going to be able to get through all of it in a 20 or so minute episode. Um, but Phoebe and I are going to try to stick to some of like the main talking points that we want to address. And I think that means we should start with my favorite one that I've been dying to talk about. The dog. Jezebel. So, She's mm-hmm. like, you know, talk about having a favorite character. I'm seriously. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Yeah, like I like Ruth, but like in terms of favorite characters, I, I love Jezebel. I do too. I've got a huge dog complex thing. Um, I think that's why I've got such a thing for uh, Sirius Black. Um, <laughs> but okay. That's for a different day. We're going to have different. to address that. No, I, I love when, like, the dogs or the animals in the story can add. Like, obviously, like, we loved the goat in <laughs> Wild at Heart. <laughs> like, it's just, oh. like... Also, sorry, this is unrelated to anything, but I'm just going to say, remember, Akatar is Beauty and the Beast retelling. Ooh. So there is a beast involved. Oh, dear. Those people are going to start spreading rumors about what I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, anyways. But I think that really good writing and really good character development can include animals as characters and you still feel like you fully know them and jezebel like number one she's a hero number two absolutely deserves a medal she is an independent woman and she don't need no owner (laughs) but she's got one um multiple right she had she had an original owner and that dog went with that baby and was the most fearless protector of Mandela of all of them. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. obviously the women helped protect him and nurture him and whatever. But Jezebel takes no crap from anyone and was like, you don't touch my baby. Yeah, such purity. You know, hands down, favorite <laughs> favorite <laughs> moments include Jezebel. Yeah, and so doesthedogdie.com is this, like, website that I found when I was trying to find a place where I could put spoilers and... You mean put trigger warnings? Yeah, and providing a resource for people to look that they... If they if I wanted to say more than just, say, um, trigger warning, sexual assault, if, I, if you go to doesthedogdie.com, you can check the box yes for sexual assault, and then there's a box down below where you can describe it. So in that situation, oh. I would put... Yeah, so I'd put... Yes, sexual assault appears in this book. Um, two rape scenes. You see them happening pretty much. Um, definitely can be 
very trigger. Like you could like describe it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you could provide some more detail for people. And obviously the origin of the website's name is because people are always like, well, does the dog die? Like, tell me if the dog dies in the book because I need to know because I won't read it if the dog dies. And I'm so happy that Jezebel survived this story. Yeah. She also just like, I think, uh, does Ruth name her? Ruth names her, right? Yeah, because Ruth is badass. Ruth, Ruth is a Jezebel. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to name my dog Jezebel. Yeah, I think uh, in the, the scene when the, um, the the bad guys, I don't know how to say it, Co- Coetzee? They're like a white supremacist group in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but Which they, I could not, I tried to pronounce their full, like, name um and i can't so yeah. i think it's i think it's we'll have A-W-D. to reach out to we'll have to reach out to bianca for a little more for a little help yeah. with that yes seriously um and but when they show up to the house when they're trying to uh break into the house and like they want to take mandla and ruth uh and then they have jezebel in the room where they're hiding and they're like who brings the dog into the room like where mm-hmm. is the guard dog I was like, but Jezebel, like, no, you don't get to say anything bad about Jezebel. She wasn't going to leave them. Like, she, right. she's very attached to them. And she takes her role as protector very seriously. Right. And, like, here were these men that were trying to come in. And they were like, where's our guard dog? Like, as it's a piece of property. And Jezebel very much was a member of that family. Like, she was so much more. Like, yes, she was a fearless protector. But she wasn't just looked at, like, as property. She was very mm-hmm. much looked at as a as a pet. And she, I was so invested in her story. And when they came in, I was like, if you – I was like, Bianca, I'm, we're friends right now. But we're not going to be friends if you go and kill this dog. I will be very mad. And I, after I finished, I realized that Jezebel is on the cover. Yeah. Love that. But I guess, like, there are so many moments in this book uh, that, like, elicited that kind of, like, strong reaction from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I really, like, appreciated, especially when it came to Delilah's story, was that there there's these conversations between characters that were, like, yes, this is something that happened to you and it was your experience and it's valid and I believe you. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, like, the scene when Delilah, like, opens up to Ruth for the first time about her experience at the convent um, and Ruth doesn't take any moment to question her, like, well, why didn't you right. say something sooner? Why didn't, like... Um, so if you've read the book and you're listening to this episode, like, obviously you know... Delilah is a disgraced former nun because she was the victim and survivor of a rape from the priest who was supposed to bring her to the convent so she could devote her life to God. And no Um, one knew that. No one knew that it was a product of rape. Everybody thought, like, oh, she's not honoring what she needs to be be as a nun. Like, she had sex and she got pregnant out of wedlock. Um, Right. And no one knew, like, the painful truth of that. And even Delilah, like, couldn't like she didn't know I know like it was really powerful to watch Delilah claim her story and claim her assault and come out on the other like I think people uh go through a stage where they feel like a victim and then they feel like a survivor and it was fascinating and I think really important for me as a reader to see that um Mm -hmm. that arc for Delilah to see her reclaim her story 
Because it's, it's, it's something that every single person, if you experience a trauma, has to do. And so I, I think that that will be a really powerful moment for a lot of people to read. Um, and what I loved so, so, so much was that even though Ruth and Delilah as sisters are very different. They and they don't spoke, get along. Yeah, and, they haven't yeah. spoken for a number of years. Ruth does not question her sister at all. She mm-hmm. it immediately, she gives her the word to describe her experience. And she doesn't ask her why she didn't report it or why she didn't do anything about it. You know, she just, she supports her and she she picks her back up. And it was so wonderful and empowering to see two different women who don't get along supporting each other and lifting each other up i i think that was one of my my most favorite parts um yeah of this i loved i i completely agree i think it was just a really special moment again why these characters felt like such real people to me i felt like i was really watching a real moment between delilah and ruth there delilah is the character um i said in the previous episode who was sort of like my anchor in the story um and i loved watching her reclaim all these parts of her life um and parts of her identity because I think, sadly, like her story is, her story is common. Her story is relatable. There's a movie that that came out um, a couple years ago with Dame with the the Dame Judy Dench. I adore her. Called Philomena, um, and she had her child taken away from her because Delilah and Zadwa both lose their children in very different ways. Like there's similarities between them, um, but still, like I don't know. I just. I, I love this book because it gives every woman something. There's this, a part of each of these characters that we can all identify with. Right. There are. There's a lot of overlap between Zadwa and Delilah's stories because they both lose their son, basically, you know, involuntarily against their mm-hmm. will. They don't even. In Zadwa's case, she doesn't even know where her son went, but Zadwa was able to do what Delilah could not she was able to find a way to come back into her son's life before it was too late and that's you know a central theme to the book is Zadwa coming back into Mandela's life and and finding a very selfless way to be involved in his life um and and one of the quotes that really just to my gut was something from Delilah's sections section where she said what a cruel twist of faith that the first time I saw my son was just after I had given him life and the next was almost 39 years later when he was fighting hard to cling to it. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so hard. I guess feel so bad for you, Delilah. Like she, it took her all that time to feel like she could go and talk to him and then it was, it was too late. Yes, but then like when, when you get to read his letter. um, I know. I think that oh. was that was like I guess like some sort of poetic justice that her that Daniel her son did know about his mother. Yeah, and so, she had this like all this built up like fear that he hated her or that you know like that that he thought she abandoned him and all this and he really put those worries to ease through that letter. When I when I read that part. It was like I took the bre- a breath for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was just, I think it was very generous of Bianca to give us that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I know, 
I think that's one of the the delightful aspects of fiction is that we can give characters those satisfying moments that maybe someone wouldn't get in real life. Yeah. And I, I think, think there there's like a the theme of like selflessness and like mm-hmm. I, I feel like at my core I, I like to take care of people and It's uh, the two in you. It's the two in me, the Enneagram <laughs> two in me. Yeah, I guess. Um so just like the juxtaposition between Zadwa and Delilah, who have similar storylines, um, but Ruth also, she experiences multiple miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like another, she also has lost children. Right. And you don't um, know that like when you're reading the story, you don't, I can't remember how far into the book it is before you start to realize that like, you know, Delilah's lost a son. And, you know, Zadwa, so you know these two women struggle a lot with their identities as mothers. And you don't really realize why Ruth is so drawn to Mandela in the beginning. Like, you don't know why she's so fiercely fighting for this child until you realize that she's always wanted a child. Like, she's this fun and lighthearted character. She's very independent and free. And you don't know that she's struggling so deep with the fact that she's always wanted a child and has never been able to have one. Yeah, Um, she definitely has, like, a mask on for the world because she's trying to protect herself. And I think that is extremely relatable Mm -hmm. for all of us. Like, I feel like she has a very hard exterior, but inside she is very vulnerable, just as vulnerable as Delilah is. Yeah, it took Um, me a while to warm up to Ruth. I was not, like, at first I was like, okay, like, this this lady's a little much. Oh, I hated her. Oh, really? Hated her in the beginning. Like, she was selfish she was self-centered she cared about no one but herself and she had a huge white savior complex even in the beginning of her experience with mandala but then she grows and she learns to develop like learns to understand like she used to be in the beginning like oh i'm not racist but she was like serious microaggressions throughout this whole thing in the way that she was not recognizing mandala's culture necessarily and just trying to fit this baby into her culture and um, one of the most profound moments for me for Ruth's character development is when she's in the hospital with Mandela and one of the AWB boys like comes up to her and is like, get out of this hospital, get out with him. And it says obviously some very, very horrible things to her and Mandela. And she says... When it comes to these kinds of prejudices, you don't need to be one of the idiots actively shouting your racism from the rooftops. Silence and inertia are collision, and I will be complicit no longer. And then she basically just says, F you to the AWB guy and stands up to him as only somebody like her with like all her white privilege and all that that could stands up and says, screw you. This is my son, and I love my son, and you can go somewhere else (laughs) yeah so when we spoke to bianca bianca told us she didn't really connect with ruth um right away and uh i wonder if there is an aspect to that because uh bianca volunteered in her community in soweto during the aids epidemic and she learned from a lot of women um she had a very humbling experience on curbing her own like white saviorism i think mm-hmm. uh i mean i definitely think that, uh, i struggle with that too just because we feel this social responsibility and you have to sort of like 
you have to check, keep yourself in check. And so I wonder right. if it was difficult at first because Bianca realized, like, wait, this is something a lot of us could be guilty of and we're not proud of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. but, you know, the hardest thing that we can do as people is, I think, just know when to stop talking and listen. Um, and right. I think Ruth learns that and. Yeah, I think so too. it's a really all of these characters go on um, really difficult journeys, and you get to go along with them. Like even Zod was experienced. I mean, she goes through such heartbreak, and she there's a lot of moments in here where she's like, "He doesn't need another mother. I can be the best. Like I'm his mother. He doesn't need another mother." In Ruth, and then she has this moment where she's like, "But actually, like if I had." If I had kept him and I had stayed in my village and my mother had never brought him to Ruth and Delilah's house, I would have signed his death warrant, is what she says. And she has this moment of, like, Zod was obviously Mandela's mother. She wanted that so badly, but she also recognized that Mandela had significant health concerns that she would not be able to take care of. And so another aspect of this book that I really liked was this idea of all three women being Mandela's, like they all were there for, mm-hmm. for him and in such different it's a ways. Very... He, could not, he could not have gotten through what he got through if not for all yeah. three of them. It's life. a very literal representation of it takes a village. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's a lucky little boy. Well, I feel like before we wrap up, Phoebe, we should do a little like, do you think this could be made into a movie? Ooh, yes. And if so... Who do you picture playing our three leading ladies? Oh, okay. This is, like, right up my alley. (laughs) I know. Uh, If you don't know, follow Juliana Reeds. She does um, Who Would You Cast for, like, a different book every single month, if not a couple a month. And they're my favorite thing in the world. So, like, she'll poll people who've read a book and then pick two choices. And you pick, like, it's crowdsourced on who should be the actor that plays and she does a phenomenal job um she hasn't done this book yet but here's some ideas in case she ever does <laughs> so i love this i always picture actors um or like celebrities in my head about like i think because i i'm very visual i think because i'm maybe because i am an actor like i'm a visual person but like i like they get made up in my own mind. I think I have a hard time, mostly because if I really love a character, I want to play them. <laughs> um, I'm just like, and there's so many books that I'm just like waiting. Uh, one of my favorite series when I was reading it as a kid was optioned for. Uh, so when you option a book, it means that like a movie studio will buy the rights to that story. It doesn't mean that it's gonna get made. But if it is made, like, they have first dibs and, like, Mm. it is, like, it's a contract that lasts, like, anywhere from, like, three to ten years. So it's exciting and the authors do make money, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee everything. And I'm still waiting for the Gallagher Girls series to be made into a movie so that I can be Cammie. (sighs) Okay. Well, I will – we will all pull for you Thank you so much. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm gonna go with my. Let's start. Let's start with. We'll go character by character. Okay. So let's start with Zadwa. Okay. Who do you picture? As who Zadwa? is really the anchor of this whole story? She's like, she is it. Well, she's for... the first character that we meet. It's her. It, I think yes. it's it's Zadwa's story. I think so too. It's her story, and I think Ruth and Delilah are accents around her story. I really think it's also a Mandela story, but obviously oh, yeah. he can't speak. Um, okay. Well, anyway, okay. who do you see as Zadwa? Uh, okay, I know she's a little. So Zadwa's supposed to be like eighteen or twenty. So I know this actress is older than that, but I could not stop picturing. Lupita Nyong'o as Zadwa. I mm-hmm. just think she is so beautiful and that's exactly like I I rem- I still like remember seeing her um like accepting her Oscar award. What was that? Oh, 2014. On, that, on her beautiful beautiful, beautiful dress. Bl- oh my gosh, the most beautiful dress. She went to and Yale. I, picture- I want to go to Yale at school of drama. It's my goal. Really? Yeah. She got, when she was in her last year at the Yale School of Drama, when she was cast in 12 Years a Slave, so she was, like, plucked from her final year to go film, so she didn't do her, she, like, did, so, if you're in acting school and you get a professional job, depending on where you are within your degree, a lot of, obviously, like, the goal is to get a professional job, Um, a lot of schools will make accommodation for you that you're getting real-life experience, so they'll count Mm. that, like, towards your degree. Um, so she was able to graduate and finish, but she didn't finish, like, with her class. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's who I picture, but I know that in reality she probably wouldn't get cast because she's, like, too old. To but be she – Zod was supposed to be younger than the other two I, women. Yeah, I don't think she looks, like – I think yeah. that she I, – I would believe – I would believe that she's younger. Um Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to look. I'm going to look at a real life pick. Okay. Current pick. I know. Like, I still, like, I look at her and I'm like, yes, you are Zadwa. Like, well, she 100%. has, her, her eyes are, like, literally the window to her soul. I think that's, like, um, mm-hmm. the reason why she's such she, a like, good actor. Um, yeah. So, and I feel like Zadwa doesn't say a lot. She. Yeah. Because, uh, um. A lot is conveyed through her, like, her emotions because she's, she's, like, forced to suppress, like, her true feelings because she's, like, in this house with these people who don't know who she is. So it's a lot more of, like, an inner monologue. Yeah. And I feel like and Lapita could she's get the, that. She's the only character that's written in the third person. The other two are written mm-hmm. in the first person. So I feel like if I were adapting this from a novel to a screenplay, I would really want – I'd know that the actor playing Zabra would have to be a really, really strong – because um, she wouldn't have words to that many words to rely on, right? Yeah, she would need to be able to like convey a lot through her like emotions and her facial expressions, and I feel like yeah. she can definitely, definitely do that. Okay, well, my pick for Zadwa is actually a South African actress, which is always really That's special. So um, and she, her name is Thuso Bida, and she's absolutely adorable i'm I'm looking her up Um, yeah she's so like she kind of reminds me of um samira wiley oh my gosh she's so beautiful i know uh and she's actually south african so that's so cool um yeah i think and she's 28 which is that's pretty good yeah on terms of age 
range. All right. Who do you have for Delilah? For Delilah, I have picked a South African actress. Oh. Charlize Theron. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, so I feel like I could hear you say, Phoebe, well, why not her for Ruth? But I feel like uh, she's like a very dynamic actress. Like she's played so many different types of like so many different roles. Mm -hmm. I feel like she could. I was trying to think of like who I I think of Delilah as like very like innocent, reserved character. And so I was trying to think of like who's an actress that's, you know, around 40 that kind of conveys like innocence. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't Which, know. I mean, I'm not I, hard. <laughs> Believe me, I had yeah. so many ideas for Ruth and Delilah of younger actresses, and like I was like, wait a second, this is what's wrong they're, with the industry right now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they they you need somebody like older, and so I feel like I'm just looking at her. She's so poised. She is. And very I feel like she would. She's very res- like she can play a very great reserve yeah. role. Well, so. on the same level, and I think this is going to surprise you. This is a little bit out of left field. My pick for Delilah is Rachel Weiss. Ooh. Um, oh. She's also very poised, and she has a very, like, open face. Like, and I feel like... I See, I almost picked a brunette. I, I mean, it wasn't even that. I just think, like... I think, uh, I don't know, I, Rachel Weiss is just, like, delightful to watch on screen, and I feel like she conveys vulnera- vulnerability very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could hear her saying some of Ruth's dialogue, uh, Del- Delilah's, Del- Delilah's dialogue. I'm going to add that to my tongue twister repertoire. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that she would be a great Delilah. Yeah. Okay, for Ruth, I picked... Laura Dern. Ugh. I, oh my God. Feel the so, Dern. I adore yes. her. I just picture Laura Dern with like a cigarette and her like sitting in a chair, like just owning Ruth's character. Yeah. Like I just, oh, I see it so vividly in my mind. I also have a very vivid pick for Ruth that I'm very excited about. I think this is my like okay. favorite pick. Um, my actress that I would cast as Ruth is Kate Blanchett. Ooh. I just feel like yes. she's got like fire in her eyes and mm-hmm. she's just like she's so fierce and she never like Ruth doesn't she Ooh, has that's mom- really good. Right? Can you just see yeah. it? Like I can I see her with like a highball glass with like the ice clinking. Um, but then I also see her like holding this baby and loving this baby and so. having that vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, I think she'd be great. Okay, that was so fun. So fun. I love thinking about that aspect. Um, so, all right, Hollywood producers, we know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, next we'll have a whole soundtrack for you. And then what else do you need to do? <laughs> we'll fly to South Africa. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, but we hoped that you enjoyed today's discussion on if you want to make God laugh. Join us next week where we are going to have a very special pitch episode uh, with that's something that we've never done before. It's going to continue our Women by Women series and it uh, sort of goes into a, one of our very favorite reality TV obsessions. 
<laughs> yeah, you'll just have to guess what you th- what that possibly could be. Uh, so as always, please feel free to leave a review and a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or stop by our Instagram at readitorlistitpod to leave a comment on today's post. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Original artwork by Lindsay Huckabee. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at lindsaydrawsitagain or on Etsy at lindsaydrawsco. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistitpod. All rights reserved, 2020.